Hello everyone, welcome back to Golden Talkies. Uh, isn't it a lovely day today? Uh, I'm Jamie. It is actually. Uh, yeah, it's pretty nice. Where we are, where you are, it might be shit. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host Duncan. Um, it's very important to note that he is subordinate to me. Uh, I am really the head honcho here. Uh, I do literally everything, uh, especially the editing. Um, this on this podcast, true. we talk about... Uh, films that came out 50 years ago this week exactly uh so that would be uh, the last week in january 1971 for anyone who's cool with maths um this week we are talking about the statue uh starring david niven uh, charlie he looks like he looks a like a statue we'll come on to something something at you and <laughs> um, you know it's interesting that you say that I'm subordinate, Jamie, because I was, mm-hmm. as we discussed last week, I think after recording, I was looking back over the uh, the episodes, and episode one started with me saying hello. Episode yes. two, we said hello over each other, and then every single episode since then, you've been you've been introducing it. Yeah, I just so slowly take over. Pretty interesting uh, how like I, I do all parasite. the editing and uh, the releasing and stuff, but you seem to think that you're in charge. It's just quite funny. <laughs> ah. Yeah. It's 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 just a joke. It's not. It's just a joke. Um, <laughs> right. Shall we talk about what was going on uh, in 1971? Shall I start because I have it here? Uh, I have. Well, I have the day. I think it's nice if I do the day and then you do the cool, cool. wider stuff. So off you go then. 27th of January 1971. Uh, this was released in the US. It then came out in the UK in April. Um, but we, on this podcast, we go by random release dates that happen to suit us. So uh, mm-hmm. we'll go for that US premiere. So, 27th January 1971. Can you guess who was born, Jamie? Uh, no, I can't. Who they was are it? A rapper. Oh, 50 year old rapper. I don't know. They um, perhaps. You would want to turn them down. For Whoever what? did turn down for what? I don't know who did that. It's Little John. Yeah. Ah, nice. Little John. Little John. What else did Little John do? He d- he did one of the he did a song of LMFAO as well, I think. Right. I'm I'm really impressed that you think I would know that. Uh, well, you you were the same age as me in 2012 when LMFAO were big. I don't think that's unreasonable to. You. Didn't LMFAO do Party Rockers? Yeah, or? exactly, those yeah. guys. I think uh, okay, they did a song for John. Yeah. Uh, or anyway, Turn Down for What, I think, is the main one that I that, hmm. that he that I know. I'm, right, I need to look up now if he did. Oh, Shots, cool. Shots. You know Shots? Shots, no. Shots, 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 Everybody. You know that one? No. No, but, uh, you know. There's a street in Aberdeen called Little John Street, and every time I go down it, I think of Little John. Do you take shots every time? No, I don't. Although that would be good if you're on a pop crawl. That'd be a good rule. If you kind of manage to get down that street a few times. Anyway, Little John was born. Um, yeah. I, I realised I did this in the wrong order, because the next thing is Holocaust Memorial Day, which is obviously not quite as... Uh, not as, not as fun. Make so many jokes about. Um, or any jokes about, really. But obviously that... That that mm-hmm. is the twenty seventh of January. Um, cool. 
Can you guess which song was number five, Jamie, in the US? Number five in the US? Yeah. <laughs> was it the theme song to David Niven's The Statue? I wish. Uh, it was As catchy as it is. It was Rose Garden. Do you know that song? I don't, sorry. It, it goes, I beg your pardon. Do I they rhyme that with garden? I you a rose garden. You know that one? No? It sounds awful, but that may just be in the rendition. Oh, no, I can't sing, remember. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's quite a good song. I quite like it. Oh, sure. Um, anyway, so that's my things I haven't done today, as far as I mm-hmm. know. Have you got a wider week, week-long? Okay, this week, everything thing? that was interesting happened on Monday. Um, number one, Charles Manson and his three women followers were convicted of the Tatla-Bianca murders. Uh, so, you know, sort of following up on last week when I think they happened. Or the trial started, sorry. Uh, so, you know, that's also fun. Uh, there was a coup d'etat in Uganda under Idi Amin, uh, right. who became a dictator. Uh, the first Eisenhower dollar was uh, created. Um, what well, is that a dollar with Eisenhower on it? Eisenhower on it, I assume. Probably. Uh, that would make sense. I was kind of hoping you'd know, and then I wouldn't have to look it up. Um, but it can, oh, it's a dollar yeah, coin. I'm... Okay, it's a dollar coin. That makes sense. Oh, okay. Uh, as opposed to a note. Uh, and then also, I I would assume so if he's a selfish prick like that. Uh, also, Eisenhower wasn't president at this time, so that would make sense. Oh, it was the first uh, coin of that denomination issued, I guess. Yeah, and it Very did have cool. Eisenhower on it. So there you go. Uh, and then uh, the Ulster Unionist Council called for the resignation of James Chichester Clark who was the Northern Irish Prime Minister at the time. Uh, so, you know. Cool. It's all fun. Yep. Great. Uh, other than that, not a lot really happened this week. Uh, mostly pretty normal stuff. Uh, yeah, just sports people were... Sports people and musicians were born, uh, which happens all the time. is isn't really that interesting. Uh, some more people died in Belfast. Wait, uh, are you saying that Little pretty- John not interesting? No, 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 no. Just, just you know. I'm not even sure he's mentioned on the site I'm using. Hold up, let me check. Uh, Should be. Famous birthdays. Did you say it was the 27th was his birthday? Yeah, the, the day this was released. Yeah, they only mention uh, uh, NHL defenseman and a soccer soccer player. Who's the NFL defenseman? Uh, Patrice Breeze, NHL. Uh, oh, oh, also, not given a big title, but uh, the president of Guatemala was overthrown by the CIA and died. Uh, oh. So that's cool. Well, good old CIA got a CIA. They do. Talking any... about CIA, that's a good transition mm-hmm. because they're in this film. I don't know if you're. Oh ready yeah, they are. Yet. I don't know if you're ready to transition. No, I'm, I'm ready to transition. Nothing else really happened. I think um, a play ended quite early. That was about it. This, uh, this also yeah. is not really much a transition because we're probably not going to mention CIA straight For away because it's a pretty minor part. But it does transition yeah. us to the statue, 1971, directed by Rod Atmo and starring David Niven, John Cleese, Robert Bond, and Werner Lisi. Yes. Right. You impressed uh, That was a little. Uh, that was very nice. It, was, it sounded uh, like you prepared. It was very good. Uh, yeah. That's why. Out. That's why I was late, Jamie, because I was writing all this stuff down. Wow. I don't forgive you. Um, Alright, so the statue. 
David Niven plays Alex Bolt. He has come up with a universal language. Uh, it's called Unispeak, and it's like super easy to learn, and everyone can use it to talk to each other. Uh, it's clearly inspired by Esperanto. Yeah. Um, which, what, which you know. When was es- is this? Esperanto was made in 1887, so this was quite a while after that. Uh, but you know. Right. Esperanto sure. is, from what I understand, uh, stupid. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't really work. But, uh, you know. I don't know. Um, okay, uh, so apparently in the 1950s, the UN granted support to Esperanto as an international language. So, yeah. it's not mm, super relevant. Although I mean, it says that some people still speak and stuff, so it's, it's yeah, kind of thing, but not really. I don't think it's going to become the international auxiliary language, but no, maybe never. they'll prove me wrong. Um, I'm gonna, you know what? There's not a lot of interesting stuff to talk about in this film, so I'll just talk about this now. Uh, I'm not sure I would support having everyone speak the same language. Uh, I think it, the language is very inherently tied to culture. It is. Uh, and well, I'm not 100% sure it's a goal to strive for. Although maybe it's better than having everyone speak English all the time. Yeah, that's uh, true. I think if, you, if you're if you saying that there has... I mean, the way it's presented, I don't think is that you would force everyone to speak this all the time. It's more that it would be a good thing to learn. And I think from that point of view, probably yeah. it is... Well, they a bit, added... A bit less they talk about how easy English. it is to learn. Like, it's a 10-week course, yeah. uh, this fictional language. Whereas I assume Esperanto takes as long to learn as any other language does. Yeah, I think so. Uh, um... I mean, the point they make is that it would make cultural integration, etc., a lot more, a lot easier. Which I think there is mm. probably a point there because I know a lot of, uh, you know, rhetoric for focuses on language barriers and yeah, stuff. So there's there's true. potentially uh. benefits to it. I think, and I do think that, yeah, it's probably better than forcing everyone to learn English from a sort of colonialist point of view, I guess. But yeah. also, I don't think it's very realistic. Because I, I mean, I think the thing with English is that enough people speak it as their first language that it makes sense to learn as a second language. Whereas I don't think you can really force everyone to learn a second language. Particularly. Mm. I well, I mean, I, I guess like if everyone's learning the same second, second language, language, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I see the place for it, but I think oh, it's definitely, just, definitely, yeah, I don't know. I, I see the place for it. I'm just not sure it's realistic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, whatever. Uh, anyway, that's the most interesting idea the film has, and it's stolen from reality. So uh, I hope you all got a kick out of that. Um, nice. <laughs> um, anyway, he's celebrated for this. He wins the Nobel Peace Prize, which yeah. they hand out to just anybody, as we all know. Um, so he... I need, to, I need to stop saying M in this podcast. I was listening back to other episodes. I hate how often they say it. Oh, um, so is it you that's giving <clears> us all the views? What, with my M's? No, with li- li- listening back to it to critique. No, I, I don't listen back to the same episode again and again and again. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Do you li- so? Do you listen to episodes? Uh, not full episodes. I I like to li- I listen to oh, like a just, few minutes. Of just like most of our most of our viewers then. Exactly. Uh, to see what they sound like. Uh, <laughs> God damn! It, I keep doing it. Shit. Uh, <laughs> silence. Silence is if you, better. If you try, if you try and force yourself to stop doing it, I think you're gonna just do it more. 
Well, the thing is, if I try to stop myself from doing it, we're just going to end up with a lot of dead air. As I, because yeah. you're supposed to pause instead of making an interstitial noise, aren't you? That's true. I think they say for job interviews, you should actually say, um, "Let me think about that." Yeah, not exactly. Obviously, not sit for like two minutes thinking, but be like, "Can I just have a, a few seconds to think about that?" And then just mm-hmm. sit in silence and say it, and it looks a lot better than being like, uh, "Oh, uh, 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 um, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, you know." So yeah. I think okay. there's a point there, right. but I think for a from podcast. Um, you're, you can say M, like I just. Well, did. screw it. For this time, I'm not going to. From this time onwards, I'm not going to say M this entire episode. I reserve the right to say R or Um. Okay. So, <laughs> Alex Bolt has been given the Nobel Peace Prize. He returns home in triumph. His wife has been commissioned by the U.S. government, who won the ambassador. The U.S. ambassador to England has been a very big patron of Alex's. Uh, he, when Jamie says an, uh, that wasn't an M, that was an E. I don't know why. Jamie means England, I, but he's not. Uh, okay, but he sees it as a means of political expediency. Wait, was that? Did you take a long pause there? Or did my Discord just cut? Out? I did take a very long pause. Okay. <laughs> Great. So just, uh, Alex's oh, wife. That's not good. <laughs> Shut up. Alex's wife Alex's wife has been commissioned by the US government to make a statue of Alex. But because Alex isn't around very often and hasn't been gratifying her sexually to the necessary extent, uh she she gives the statue a big old dong and that's where the hilarity that will fuel the next eighty six minutes comes from. So uh buckle in. Buckaroos, because this is going to be a laugh riot. Uh, I would recommend this film to people who find penises really funny, and particularly people who are embarrassed by penises funny. Do you know? I, I think it's the film for you. I read a review. We'll get. We might get into the reviews later, but I read a review that said um, this is the perfect film for people that find like penis jokes funny. But unfortunately, its R rating means that there's no way the twelve-year-olds it's designed for would be able to see it. Which I yeah. think is a fairly accurate That's very fair. Uh, description. Yeah. Um, so one of the weirder things. Okay. Well, basically, Niven is obsessed by whose penis this could be because it's not his. Yeah. So he needs to find the man whose penis matches the one on the statue. His mythical Charlie, who yeah. he looks like a statue. Yeah, okay, well, we'll, 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 since you've started singing it, we'll talk about this, the the theme song now. Yes, how does it's it rate, awful. How does it rate alongside uh, your other favourite theme songs okay, from this podcast? Okay, genuinely, um, I would say my favourite theme song from this podcast was Crooked Man, right? That was, like, a yeah. genuinely fun song. I like Sledge because it's cheesy and a little awkward. Charlie feels a lot like a first draft of a song. Yeah. Like, it's a really basic melody. Uh, it's like something you just sort of hum to yourself, you know what I mean? And the lyrics are both... They both don't really fit the film. They have a lot of awkward rhymes and lines that don't really mean anything. Uh, so that's just... Yeah, it's not a good theme song, but... The thing is that, because it's so repetitive, and the film does use it quite a lot, it does actually get caught in your head a bit. Do you know, Jamie, I was, I was about to disagree with you and say I like yeah. the theme song. Um, mm-hmm. Purely because it's so catchy and so cheesy. That's um, true. Yeah, I'm gonna. Thing is, songs that repeat themselves again and again and again and again are quite catchy, but doesn't necessarily mean they're good. No, Uh, I know. Yeah, 
true, but for the film, it's something. Like, oh, it was sung by the statuettes. <laughs> ha! I'm, I'm I'm assuming that was a one-time thing for the film. Otherwise, yeah, that would be a bit sad. Oh, not sad, just a bit. Yeah. Anyway, I'll continue recounting the plot. I suppose because it's not that basic. Uh, so. Alex, you know, goes around looking for excuses to look at men's penises, which gets him in all sorts of humorous situations uh, yeah. where people think he's a pervert, and they go, ooh, and Alex goes, oh no, I'm so embarrassed, and ew, it's a lot of fun. Um, there's uh, He goes to, he photographs himself with his pants down in a photo booth, and they're all like, ooh, is that man that a bit of a flasher? And he goes, oh no, I'm not a flasher. And then he goes to a uh, showing of a uh, play where the actor's going to get his pants off, and he has a camera there, and they're like, oh, is he wanting to get pictures of the ladies' bits? And he's like, no, I'm not, I'm just a nice feller. But eventually this gets attention from the CIA, who don't want him discrediting the project uh, yeah. through his rank the, exhibitionism. The American ambassador has presidential ambitions. And That's true, and he talks to the president an awful lot. poorly on him. Which is why yeah. the the one thing I did like talking about that is I liked when he was he had the the picture of the president behind him, and he was talking about his presidential ambitions. I thought that was quite nice framing, in a film yeah. in a film that's um, pretty shit overall. Um, not to spoil our one uh, thing, final reviews, yeah. I did quite like that that use of uh, one joke that I think has aged quite well, although unintentionally, is that he deeply admires Richard Nixon and talks about yeah. how great he is, and obviously we are six months away from Watergate at this yeah. point, That's so true. that'll be fun. Yeah, it's um, quite funny. So that um, sort of creates a sense of uh, irony, which uh, would be too clever for this film otherwise, and even then it's not that advanced or anything. But yeah, the CIA get involved, so we get more scenes of the C- of him now with the CIA's backing, looking at people's genitals. Yeah. Um, it's all a lot of fun. Then eventually he well, goes... Well, yeah, because the, the CIA are trying to see if he's a pervert, and, and then when the ambassador sees the statue, he realises that the statue is going to reflect poorly on, the, the, on him, which is why yes. then the CIA... Basically, um, Nevin goes, or Bolt rather, goes from having just himself being a pervert to the entire backing of the US uh, CIA military etc etc yes exactly because the whole, they the can whole only... US resources are put into yeah. finding this guy's penis they could, the only way they can stop the statue being unveiled is if they're able to file a lawsuit and they can't do that unless they know who the real model is yeah so he goes to Florence because he's got a big list of all the men whose wife had seen while he was away and the last one's there and then he finds out that it's actually the penis was from Michelangelo's David all along. What a merry misunderstanding. Exactly. Wacka, At what wacka, point, wacka. Jamie, did you work yes. out that that was going to be the ending? I immediately assumed that it would probably not be a real person. Because, right. like, there needs to be something. It's not really a good end to a comic. As soon as, like, Florence came up, I was like, oh, it's probably that. Yeah. But, like, the thing is, they talk a fair bit in the beginning of the film about how big the penis is, right? But yeah, but, but one of the most famous features of Michelangelo's David is that the genitals are super small. Yes. So, so it's, it's a bit strange bizarre, in that because sense. how small, how small then <laughs> is David Nivitz's penis? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, what do you think? 
Yeah, because it's yeah. really small. I mean, yeah, it's you uh, know, that, that's a man that's been swimming in the sea and exactly, and you know, just about to come up and whack a giant or two. Exactly. So anyway, anyway. Uh, she. The understanding is resolved. He and his wife patch up the differences. She yeah. makes a statue of the U.S. ambassador instead, and everyone has a good old laugh. Yeah, and that's the film. So, so. probably the easiest plot summary I've ever done, because very yeah. little happens. It's true. But um, so I'll just talk about some stuff I found interesting, and we can see where we stand. So John Cleese is in this film, which is probably the most interesting thing about it. Yeah, what, plays, did you, what did you think of John Cleese in this film compared to the Outtowners? Compared to the 1990s remake. Oh, sorry, that of was the 19, But anyway, yeah. yeah, still compared to Outtowners, I guess. I forgot. Well, it's quite interesting because it feels. I was going to say it feels like a quite unconfident performance from Cleese. Yeah. Like it's not quite as in. The cadence is very different from his usual yeah, roles. It sounds quite a strange thing to say. And it's, it's a role that I think would be quite good for him, but he doesn't. Partially, I'm sure it's partially the script, it's probably partially the direction, but he doesn't quite lean into it as much. He plays a man who trained in psychiatry, but so you go into advertising, and he hates the idea that he would ever be treated as a psychiatrist. He doesn't want to do any psychiatristing. Uh, he hates that Alex keeps using him for this. And I feel like in better circumstances, Cleese could actually do something quite good with that role. You know, uh, the interesting thing is that that's a plot point that's uh, revisited in The Room. The Room? Yep. Not the Tommy Wiseau, the womb, the yeah. room, the womb, <laughs> the room, the yeah. womb. Because uh, it's a psychologist. And Jonathan Wass now. And but. when when Tommy asks him for help, he says, uh, "I don't want to be treated like a psychologist right now." But then when he does try and help, Tommy says, "Don't be a psychologist." And that's huh. exactly what happens in this film because Bolt tries to get him to be a psychiatrist. He says no, and then when he is a psychiatrist, Bolt says, "Don't try and act all psychi- psychiatrist on me." Wow! So what cinematic parallels? I know. I just yeah. find it interesting. But yeah, there there's a couple of scenes that verge on being quite funny where Cleese realizes there that are. he started to psychiatrize. But again, he just doesn't he doesn't quite nail it. I think it's just it's a very it's quite a laid back performance for Cleese. It's I, quite I wrote down subdued. which scenes I find funny, I think. Oh um, yeah? So the one I I did find the photo booth sequence a bit funny. Mm-hmm. Um out of all the sort of ones where he's caught in Awkward situations. I found that one the funniest by far. Fair. Um, and I also found the scene where they're uh, they're walking through uh, Cleese's like sets and and they're going yeah. in different rooms. And uh, he goes, Cleese goes through all the doors, but then Bolt just walks round all the walls carrying his chair. Uh, mm-hmm. I found that quite funny because obviously it was like the psychiatrist chair that he was bringing in. Yeah. Uh, it was quite a good visual gag. Um, and then yeah. there's a funny bit at the end where Cleese slams the door on him and then Bolt just walks around so you know as much as we're, we're probably going to shit in this film it does have funny moments yeah there's like the thing it reminds me of the most and this is very very natural I think is uh, Carry On Loving of the films we've done Yeah, and that they're both bawdy British comedies but I think Carry On Loving even though that wasn't a very good film either I'd say just compared to Carry On films in general they tend to have a bit more of a sense of fun and momentum yeah. uh, which this film really doesn't it doesn't the fact that the film the plot never really develops it sort of looks at being a farce a bit but doesn't quite commit uh, once yeah. the sort of entire US CIA sort of gets involved you'd maybe think it would be like a lot of comic escalation or whatever 
but this doesn't really happen. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's that's what it's lacking. It doesn't go far enough. Yeah. Well, there's only it really go one far enough anyway. Really, it, it's it's not yeah. funny enough. It's not. It's, obviously, it's not trying to be serious. But it's not serious enough. It it doesn't really try anything or do anything particularly. Exactly. Like it's just we never really get beyond the basic structure of Niven wants to see a man's penis, but he's too embarrassed to ask outright. So you know yeah. awkwardness. Yeah. One of the weird things about this film, and like a lot. Of, is that it features quite a lot of nudity for something which revolves around sort of like Broadway level misunderstandings, if you know what I mean. It does have like, a lot of nudity in it. It's pretty Given that yeah. the whole film revolves around Niven not being able to say the word penis, it's a bit weird how unchaste it is, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Which certainly, you know, contributes to the issue that the New York Times identified with the target audience being a bit weird. Yeah. I found a quote. Um, mm -hmm. Vincent Camby of the New York Times. The statue made the distinction of being the first adolescent comedy about penis envy. Paradoxically, it is rated R, which will keep out most of the 12-year-olds who might be expected to find it good for a smirk. Yeah. Which I think is very accurate. Something quite interesting I found in that New York Times article was that they talk about how it would offend uh, members of the Gay Activist Alliance and Women's Lib. As right. though like that would be a horrible thing to do, which obviously it would be. But I was just surprised that in 1970, uh, particularly that they, the New York Times would be so openly uh, supporting gay people, uh, as well as uh, feminism. Although obviously that was maybe a bit further along, because this is still I think 1980 was when homosexuality was legalized in New York, at least. I don't know, maybe probably. Okay, I say I think I looked it up. Right. But That's I just thought that was an interesting stance for the paper to take. You know. Yeah. Uh, so well, I think it's always interesting to see how attitudes to these things were before they were like universally accepted. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I know like I during the sort of like developing as homosexuality was like on its way to becoming uh, socially acceptable, but not quite there yet. Uh, you know, obviously in society in general, uh, it's just interesting to see you know what stances people were taking uh, in particular. Yeah. So yeah, I know. Well, thank you for that, Jimmy. That was... Yes, I thought that was. You know, if anyone wants to give me a Pulitzer Prize for that, then I'll 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 accept it. Or a Nobel Peace Prize. Or a Nobel Peace Prize. They hand those out to anybody, you know. Including Alex Bolt, who looks Including like Walt Alex Disney. Bolt. Baby. He does look a bit like Walt Disney, but that's that's just, just David Niven. Yeah. Uh, yeah. True. I like David Niven, and I don't think he deserves to be in films like this. I I don't know if I've seen him. Oh, he was he's in Royal, the original one. Maybe yeah, he was in he was Matter in... of Life and Death. As uh, like a super famous one. He was in Around the World in Eighty Days as well, which I think I have seen a long time yeah. ago. Maybe uh, I've seen I him. I don't know. He was yeah. in the Pink Panther films as well. Apparently. Yeah, he's the uh, Phantom, the guy. The, right. The weird thing is that he's not really in any of the good Pink Panther films, sadly. Okay. But, uh, you know. Ain't cool. that a shame. Yep. So. Um, so. <laughs> what else is there to talk about with this particular film? Yeah. This is one of only four films Roger Ebert ever walked out on. Yeah, I saw uh, that. So yeah. He did not enjoy this film. No, but in fact, he doesn't seem to have stayed very long for it. He just sort of got to the reveal of the knob joke and then decided there was no point to it. And then yeah. left. 
Which makes sense. Uh, oh, the... So, Bolt's driver is from the Paraguayan jungle. Yeah. And apparently when he first arrived, he could hardly grunt. Which feels yes. to me like a little bit... Quite racist. To say. Yes, I, I'm, I'm going to go to ahead say, and say but, full um, racist. Yeah, pretty racist presentation. Uh, also, the the... Is that is that what the Paraguayan concert actually looks like? Like a jungle temple in the middle of London? Presumably not. I didn't actually notice that, but I completely believe it. Uh. Like he, because you know, so they, um, he blames his driver. So yeah, right. Yeah. Bolt's driver is, is a Paraguayan, Paraguayan, Paraguayan. Paraguayan. Let's go for that and then apologize if anyone catches us. He's from Par his driver's in Paraguay. When he arrived, he could hardly grunt, um, and yes. he's been taught unispeak. But so now he's civilized. He's one of the people that Bolt accuses of sleeping with his wife. They yes. get into an altercation. His wife hits the what's the, what's the guy called? Is it? He, I don't. I don't remember the driver's name. I can't remember. It begins with a J. Anyway, um, she hits him over the head with a lamp, and then he he runs away. He goes home to the he goes to the Paraguayan consulate, but the Paraguayan consulate is presented as this like jungle sort of temple building with big open windows and stuff in the middle of London which I, I don't look I've looked it up and I don't think it is um, yeah it's also, not a surely very it should surely it should be an embassy if it's in London rather than a consulate no clue but yeah it's not a very progressive film I suppose I suppose quite something quite interesting about it is that it does present when it interacts with youth culture in the various uh, scenes of misunderstandings I think it does present it as something that's sort of like scary and weird if you know what I mean I don't think yeah. it's, it was a film for the cool kids it was a film for boomers uh, of the time of the not, time yes not boomers because that Th those were the cool kids at that those time. were the cool but, kids but the the boomers well, of the time yeah it's silent generation greatest generation one of those two don't know, one of those two um, yeah it is definitely so that's but, yeah. a bit racist the film's pretty sexist as well yes um, it's very of that like I, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's horrendously sexist, but it's definitely no. It's it's like you know that humor where like every fucking stupid uh, I'm not gonna say it, but older joke is about how like your wife is like sleeping on sleeping with other men and like yeah. you don't realize. You know what I mean? It's very yeah. that kind of humor, uh, which I I never really liked myself, and I don't think it does reflect on women very well. No, but yeah. Charlie's know. wife has a weird attitude throughout the film. I think the, the film sort of dusts it under the carpet. Does like she's an artist, so she's obviously she's passionate. But like the yeah. entire thing could have been resolved immediately if she just ever explained it to him at all. So yeah, but I know. think the point is that she's so offended that he would even imply it. Yes, exactly. But well, Charlie's at the same at fault, time, but at the same time, she basically says that she has. She drags. It. I guess yeah, she's offended that he says it. So then she acts like it. I don't know, it's kind of a weird... It's, I kind of get w w the reasoning, but also it's pretty weird at the same time. Yeah. Like, well, uh, Alex... Also, a slightly strange character turn is that Alex realises he's in the wrong halfway through the film, but then he gets erectile dysfunction, so he's back on the trail. Yeah. Which, you know, I realise you need something to, like, break it up a bit with the constant misunderstandings and all that but it's a weird interlude because it just you know, sort of goes around in a circle yeah one joke that stood out to me as not making sense at least to me is at the end the CIA break into Alex and his wife's house to steal the penis at one point 
and yeah. they they're told to dump it and they leave it on the side of the road in a package, and then two oh, yeah. smoking school kids find it, and then they apparently without ever opening it give it to their teacher as a birthday present. Yeah, as one does, and then she opens it and then she's like, "Wow, how thoughtful," and then that's it. I find that quite Which, funny. Did you? Just because of how bizarre it was. It's very straight. It's just there's a lack of logical connection between finding a mysterious package on the side of the road and giving it to your teacher. That for me, scuppered it. But I can see why to someone else would make it much funnier. Yeah, I think it could have been done better. But I did think it was a bit funny. Yeah, there were uh, moments in this film that were funny. Fair enough. Um, uh, just the whole, the package as a whole, didn't didn't do much for me. I think for Not comedy for films, you really need a strong central joke, and this film's is just so weak yeah. that it doesn't work. It's really the only thing to say. Yeah. Um, let's see what else I had written down here. Oh, there's a few um, nice match cuts in the film. Oh, yeah? Yeah, there's a... I'm trying to think exactly what... like there, There's, there's a, a match cut where it's an ass to another ass... And uh, they're not they're not particularly intelligent match cuts, but they're quite nice visually. Um, yeah, I can't remember any of the other ones. There was a few ones where I thought, well, they've tried something there. So there's there's some thought behind parts of it and some artistry behind parts of it, for mm-hmm. sure. But not not loads. Yeah. Um. Let's see what else I've got written here. Um. Can't even read what that says. Do you want to? Do you want to say something? Yeah, yeah. I was just Probably. thinking. I don't really have much else to say about the film. Oh, uh, right. It depressed me. Really? Yeah. Oh, I know. A bizarre bit is when <laughs> when he gets on a, the boat with all the guys. Yeah. That's probably the most bizarre of his. Of his schemes is where they'll schemes. play a fun. They'll play a fun game where they have to like try and remember the order they put their spouse's clothes on in the morning, and he reveals it as like you know you don't really know your wife as well as you think, really. Like, yeah. And it's like yeah, I think of this you know thought experiment, and then they're like, well, how are we going to verify if it's true? Yeah. And he says, well, we're just gonna have to do it in practice in front of each other. And then they'll say, okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. <laughs> they were just really keen on the game, clearly. Yeah. Um, and the monk sequence was also bizarre. Yeah, that's... As well. It's a real waste of a location, really, because that bit could have been done anywhere, if you know what I mean. Like, if they'd just been like, he likes... Yeah. The, the painter likes to isolate himself on, you know, a cabin in the woods or something, then it would have worked just as well. But then they, they wouldn't have had the bit where the young monks want to see the boobs in a knee. Yes. Uh, like I say, this film has <laughs> boobs in it. It does have boobs in it. One of Niven's, well, sorry, one of Bolt's schemes is there's one sex mad painter because we all know what painters are like, don't we? Yeah. We know these artists are like. We know them. They, 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 they're out there and they're sleeping with our fucking wives. These artists. They're sleeping with go your, into your house. Wife. Your, your wife. Specifically, wife. Dave. Charlie. But, um. Yeah. This stereotype, the bit's not particularly funny, but you know the monks get all ooh, it's a titty. And they do. Then the other monks cover their eyes and take off their glasses. The titties are hanging from a helicopter. We should. Say. Yes. The uh, the U a U S military helicopter is yes 
carrying a couple of women with their breasts out to yeah. pick the painter up. It's bizarre. Very bizarre. Yeah, um, and yet very unimaginative at the same time. There was one cool bit where yeah. uh, they, they intercut a conversation. It was... Oh, I can't remember exactly oh yeah. Is, the it's, it, they're saying what he said, basically. Um, yeah, and I did quite like there's like that. three different people saying what he said. I like when films do that. Uh, yeah, they're all... Like a, a nice little thing. They all they're all like recounting the so, same anecdote, as it were. Yeah, so like the ambassador's friend says, and then he said that, and then it cuts to uh, Bolt, and he says... I wanted to do, and then it cuts to someone else. I like that. That that, that was yeah, a nice little, that was fun. Uh, nice little fun bit. In the film, which brings me back to how it's just bizarre that there's there's these like nice. Li- I guess every film's gonna have some good bits generally. Yeah. Unless it's really really awful, so I guess it it does make sense. But it's just weird that they couldn't have done better. Mm. Well, I think your analysis is right that the sort the source. This is based on a play, by the way. Um, is it? Yeah, I wonder if the play's any good. I don't. I'm gonna I don't say know. no. Probably but, not. Uh, but I mean, I don't. I can't see this working uh, better as a play. Yeah, I wasn't going. Ah, oh, well, you know, the script's good. It's a shame it's being wasted on this. You know, yeah. it's just yeah. It's, it's almost the opposite. Yeah. Well, I can't even find this play. Is it? Chip, based on a play called Chip 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 by Alec Cockle. Let's see if I can find it anywhere. I, I've looked up Chip Chip Chip. And chip 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 play it's not come up. Let's see if I can look it up with his name. Uh, wow, it's really not available. <laughs> particularly, Ow. the guy the guy himself has a Wikipedia page, right? Australian-born screenwriter, novelist, and playwright. He spent the majority of his career in London, Hollywood, specialising in light thrillers, mysteries, and sex comedies. Uh, okay. I'll let you go. Oh, the fuck! What? Guess which film he wrote. This is insane. Is it like something ridiculously good or something yeah, we've already done? Like one of the best films ever made. One of, it, it, it comes up on many lists of the best films ever made. Okay, so it'd have to be British, presumably. No. Um, no. Okay. It, Did well, he write like, the, the Godfather or something? I don't know. It's from 1958. Uh, 58. British director, American film. A Hitchcock thing? Yeah, Vertigo. Oh, shit. What? So the writer of the play that this is based on wrote <laughs> Vertigo. Christ. Um, so <laughs> I've never seen Vertigo, but I'm still surprised. Right, I can't find anything else about. I can't find anything about Chip 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 this play, so I don't know how closely this is based on it. But mm. I literally can't find anything about this. So there you go. <laughs> the guy that wrote Vertigo wrote the play that this is based on. I assume he didn't write this film. Uh, I can't even see who wrote it. Oh no, I can. Oh, he did. Oh. Um, partially oh. alongside someone else. No excuses then. So sorry. There's a link that I was not expecting at all. Mm. Can you believe that? I'm surprised. I know you. Yes. I know you just said you've not seen Vertigo, so. No, I am still nonetheless surprised. I mean, I guess people do shitty work sometimes. <laughs> We're allowed a bad day. But this but this feels like if he wrote a play mm-hmm. right and then also wrote he must have thought this was good. You know, you wouldn't write the play and then say, Okay, that play was rubbish, but I'm still gonna do it. I guess if there was a lot of money you might Yeah. I don't know. That's that's interesting. Well, I'm sure um, he liked it. But I guess so. I mean people don't praise Vertigo for its sense of humour. 
No, but it, it so maybe it he's just a... not. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe he's just not a particularly funny man who thinks he is, and that's maybe. the issue. Oh, Vertigo was based in a novel as well, so maybe he's better oh, okay. converting, adapting other people's stuff. Well, that maybe sense. I don't know. Uh, or maybe, maybe the statue is a poor adaptation of Chip Chip Chip. Yeah, we'll perhaps Chip Chip Chip. If we ever saw it, would you know change our lives? Perhaps. Uh, and Probably we, we would never feel the same again. Probably not. But yeah, maybe. Yeah. You can simply well, never you know. Um, what else? Did I have anything else written down? I thought I had, but I might not. Um, oh. No, I don't think so. Uh, no. Ah. Yep. Cool. Shall we move on to ratings then? I think it's going to be quite obvious, but we'll do it. Yeah. Okay. What are you saying? I I would rate this pr- a a high but pretty solid. Don't watch. Right. I'm I'm between don't watch and watch if it's on because I think it. I don't think it's awful. I think it could. I think I'm going to say it's watch not aggressively it's on. terrible. I'm going to say watch if it's on because I think it um has a few good moments. It's kind of entertaining enough if you're. It's it's mm. a low watch if you're on. It's a watch if you're on if it's on and you're you're ill. You're stuck in the sofa. You're ill. The TV remote's at the other side of the the um, yeah. room. The, this this film is free on Prime. Yes. Um. So there. there a lot you go. of other films are too. To be a fair. lot of other films are too. But in terms of the films we've watched, this is one of the few that that has been not cost us anything and wouldn't cost yeah. you anything. So there is. If that. you already have Prime. If you're really struggling, or if you want, if you've got no money, but you want to enjoy the Golden Talkies experience of watching the film after listening to us, then this is your chance. Yeah. I guess. Mm. But what I would, a great order to do things in. But I'm still but rating it watch if it's on. Low watch if it's cool. on. Yep. Right. Cool. Uh, so, I'm quite busy, so we'll. Maybe wrap up here. Next week's film will be Whoa. Get Carter, starring Michael Caine. So I hope Michael everyone's Kine. looking forward to that, starring Michael Caine. We'll be doing the accent plenty. You've not we got anything be. else you want to bring up? I don't think. Uh, do. The only thing I want to bring up in my personal life is that I'm writing an essay today, and so I'm signing off, babe. Wow, Jimmy, this is terrible. You know, the people want terrible. to hear what you've been up to. They do want to hear what I've been up to. Nice. Uh, nothing that interesting. I watched The Spy who came in from the cold last night, it was fine. Oh, what did I watch? I watched a uh, I watched a film called Good Time. Oh, was... that's the uh, the other oh, Safety Bros one, right? I don't know. Maybe it was really good though. Um, yeah. It was from a couple of years ago. Uh, it's very good. What else did I watch? I watched uh, Twenty Two July, mm-hmm. uh, which is also a good film. It's about the Norwegian terrorist attack in two thousand eleven cool. at the youth camp. Uh, both of those films are good. I have not really been playing any games, so I'll, I'll let Jamie get back to his. Essay, but I would recommend both those films. It's over, very important. Over um, w- the statue, although this cool. does have a nice theme song that we didn't go into yeah. much. But you know, the nice thing is going to be that you're going to sing that, and then it's going to cut to our actual outro, <laughs> which is why I'm speaking now to break it up. Okay, bye, everyone.